0: Thank you for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app. We're continuing in our mini-series on the authority of the believer. This week, we sat down with Pastor Duane to really unpack some of the things we learned last week, like how to apply our authority and how to resist the devil, the power of our words, and so much more. If you haven't had a chance to watch last week's message, you can find it on our YouTube channel, on our app, or online at walkingbyfaith.tv. Let's join Pastors Al and Duane in today's message, The Application.
1: You've been preaching on the authority of the believer. And man, what a great topic, the, the authority of the believer. So many times, you know, as a young person, I believe that God was the authority. I was just the believer. But you have mm-hmm. kind of unpacked that we've been given more authority than what we really know. Yes. And I think that much of what you said just touches a point but leaves a few questions. And I thought it would be interesting if I could just ask you a few questions and just have you unpack that for okay. us. Um, you've taught for years on living an abundant life. You know, your point is salvation is not to get you to heaven only. It gets you to heaven, but it's to have an abundant life here. How much of living an abundant life is connected with understanding the authority that we
2: have as believers? Well, I would go immediately to uh, Third John, which says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, nobody's responsible for soul prosperity except yourself. Nobody can take care Mm. of your soul. Mm. Your wife can't. Your parents can't. Nobody can take care of your soul prosperity. But part of what that soul prosperity is, is it's understanding who we are in Christ. And so we can't have that abundant life without the knowledge. It's going to be as your soul prospers. Mm. So as our soul is prospering, then it says we'll be in health, we'll have Prosperity, not not that that means you're going to be a millionaire.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, uh, you can be a millionaire and, and your marriage is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's not prospering. Right, you can be a millionaire and and physically your body's a wreck. Well, that's not prospering the way that we're supposed to prosper. But it has to do, of course, again with our using that authority. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And usually that's where we stop. Right. But the Bible continues that same verse. It says, according to the power mm-hmm. that's at work in you. You know, so that exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think, it's according to our understanding, the power of God that is at work in us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside of us. And we've got to understand that. We've got to tap into that. We've got to to, to literally to use it. Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority mm. to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. But you've got to use that authority. If, if you don't use it, it's not going to avail you. It would be as if you had someone had put a $100,000 in your bank account and you didn't know it. You never tapped into it. You never went and received it. It wouldn't do you any good. And that's what that authority that Jesus has given us is like. It's, it's as if he's given us this $100,000, this authority over the enemy, over sickness and disease, over depression, over all the works of the enemy. And we never use it because we don't realize we have it. Mm. It's according to the power that's at work in you. So it's not only just
1: knowing about it, with your analogy of the $100,000. If you called and told me you deposited it, but I don't ever retrieve it, and I don't understand how to use it it ceases to have value for me." You're saying the authority part, the first part of that is in your understanding, understanding what the authority is that you've been given, yeah. but then actually using it. Talk about how to use the authority or how to uh, enact it or you know make it
2: work in your life. Well, there's a couple different things that are real important to have the authority of the believer working in your life. Right? First of all, in Philemon, the sixth verse, it says that you energize your faith or the communication of your faith becomes effectual Mm. by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you in Christ. Mm. So we need to confess who we are in Christ. Uh, So many Christians never really walk in victory because they never boldly confess who they are in Christ. Mm. And it's as we begin to acknowledge what Jesus has done for us, what belongs to us in Christ, the authority that we have in Christ. When we begin to confess that, it gets down on the inside of us, right? And, and we see ourselves differently. We see the world differently, right? We see the enemy differently, right? And we even, I can say this, we finally acknowledge who that enemy is. We mm-hmm. see him as, as who he is and what he does, that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we've got to acknowledge who we are. We've got to be people that have the word of God, in our hearts and in our mouth. As it says in Romans 10 and verse 8, the word is near you. And that's the word of faith. It's near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. So that's where it's got to be, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law should not depart out of your mouth. So we've got to confess who we are in Christ, right? Over 130 verses just in the New Testament to talk about in him, in whom, in the beloved. That's what Jesus has done for us. And that's who we are. So we've got to confess that, right? And then secondly, in in uh, 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him steadfast in the faith. And if we do not res- use our authority to resist the enemy, now most people will think, well, that just means that I'm going to be resisting temptations to do something wrong, and that is a big part, all right? But it's not just temptation. It is the works of the devil. Mm -hmm. We need to stand against his works. Uh, Acts 1038 said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. See, Jesus was resisting the works of the enemy and Jesus recognized sickness and disease are not from God. Mm-hmm. Sickness and disease are from the devil. Right? So he was bringing healing, he was resisting. And and so many times Christians are just like, well, this may be God showing me something or testing me or teaching me. You know, and we're not resisting the works of the devil. Sickness, disease, depression, poverty, those things that come against us. In our, in our minds, in our bodies, our life, our family. We need to resist, right? If it kills, steals, and destroys. And of course, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, and have it abundantly. But we won't have that abundant life without knowing who we are in Christ, confessing who we are in Christ, and then standing and resisting the enemy. Mm. You, you talked about confession,
1: and um, I've heard you say this before, and uh, it's, it's something that's really impacted my life because I I started to listen to my own conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know, there's self-speak. And you talk about confessing the authority and the power that's in us, that's been given to us. Just oppose that with confessing Satan's plan over your life, because you've adopted a perspective that doesn't come from the Word.
2: So often, again, that self-talk, that's where it is. And we accept so much of what the enemy comes and brings into our life as either coming from God or it's just part of life. Mm. But if we don't recognize that it's from the enemy, we'll never resist it. And if, if we don't resist, we're, we're never gonna have the victory that God has for us. R- really, the, the promised land that the children of Israel had were, were going to go into is a type of a victorious Christian life. Right? Some people say, well, it's a type of heaven. Well, I don't think so, because when you get to heaven, there aren't going to be any enemies. There's going to be no giants. There's going to be nothing you have to dispossess in heaven. Mm-hmm. But they had to go in, and they had to fight giants. They had to take walled cities. They had to go against seven nations that were more powerful than they were, dispossess them in order to walk in what God Wanted them to have. He said, I have given you the land. He says, it's going to flow with milk and honey. You're going to be blessed, but you've got to go in and you've got to take possession. And that is a picture of the Christian life. The Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. Right? And, and literally, the Christian life is not some milk toast thing, uh, it, it, it is a fight from the womb to the tomb. And we are going to fight and stand against the enemy and bring the kingdom of God every day of our life.
1: You know, I remember the story that you told about your dad oh. and what his confession was. Yeah. And that, that spoke to me too because, you know, we've got some physical issues in our family and I found myself saying, well, you know, this is just part of being who we are until you talked about your talk about that a little bit about what, what happened
2: with your dad and what he was confessing. Okay. Well, I was probably four or five years old. And and I can still remember this as clear as can be. We we're in the garage. He was working on a on a car and he asked me to get a wrench or something. Well, I didn't have a clue what I was supposed to get. I brought something to him I thought was the right thing, and he says, You are such an idiot mm. He says, Can't you do anything right? That's not what I need. You're never gonna amount to anything. Oh wow You know? And and those words just hit so hard. And of course, the Bible says there is let, that speaks like the piercing of a sword. Mm. You know, but uh, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, all he did was speak negative words to that fig tree, and so often parents are speaking negative words to their children, mm. to a, or, or a, somebody speaking to their spouse, or speaking negative words. Now, it's very powerful when you speak those words, but it's also very powerful when you're on the inside and you got that self-talk, and you're saying. I'm, I'll never succeed. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm never going to be free from this addiction. I'm, this is going to be my lot for the rest of my life. I will never succeed. You know, that, that self-talk, we've got to change that self-talk, that thing that's going on the inside, which, of course, is what the Bible is for. Uh, Romans 12, verse 2 says, Don't be like the world, but let God change the way you think. Mm. And the way he does it is with the Bible. You know, as we get in that Word of God and we see that we are the beloved, that we have authority, that we're a part of God's family, that God has a destiny for us, when we begin to see those things, it changes the image we have of ourselves, And then it changes our our talk on the inside, right? We we can call that our self-talk. But once that changes, then it changes on the outside because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the process of confessing is putting into
1: action what the Bible says about you. Yes. Stopping whatever Mm -hmm. the world has put on you or whatever theology you had before your mind Mm -hmm. was
2: renewed. Yeah. Um, Let me me just say one more thing about that. Uh, When you begin to say something, you, you begin to say what the Word says about yourself, that you have authority over all the works of the enemy that you're a new creation in Christ and that old things have passed away and all things have become new. And all these things are of God. When you begin to say that, you may not believe it. Mm. <laughs> so you're right? saying it because the Bible says you're, it. You're saying, you're, you are agreeing with God. What's mm. with confession? The word confession, it really means to agree with. So we agree with God. So there is a confession unto faith. Okay. So you're saying it until you get to that point of faith. right? And then once you get to that point of faith, there is a confession of faith. And uh, a lot of people, because they're not at the point to make a confession of faith, they don't do anything. But you keep on confessing that Word of God, and it will build faith on the inside of you. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So as you keep on saying that, and you keep on hearing that, when God came to Abraham, he. His, uh, his name was Abram and God wanted to change his name and he wanted him to be, a, God said, you're gonna be the father of a multitude. So he changes his name to the father of a multitude. But then God gave him a picture and God said, go look at, look at the sky, it's at night. And he said, uh, look at those stars. He says, you can't number them and he says, so will your descendants be. And then he took them out, they're in the desert and God said, look at the sand in this desert. He said, So shall your descendants be. So, see, God gave him pictures. Mm. Whether it was day or night, he had a picture from God. So will your descendants be. And he's going around and he is confessing, I'm the father of a multitude. I'm the father of a multitude. And it changed that picture on the inside of him. And once you change what's on the inside, you'll change the way you talk. And change is always inside first, and then that. Then it, the Bible says, you work out your salvation. What gets on the inside, you work it out. So when you're talking about the authority, if someone were to
1: say, give me the steps, how do, I, how do I bring that into my life? How do I start from ground zero to get to the place where I'm walking in the authority of God? I think what I just heard you say is it does not start with what you believe. It starts with renewing your mind and what's mm-hmm. in the Word and letting that be your confession yes you might not even be like well i'm not sure about this but i'm sure about that Mm -hmm. i'm sure about the word of god i might not have seen this in the past but i know the word of god is true True. so that's going to be what i'm going to say and even in saying it what i'm hearing you say is what's inside of you begins to change and that becomes your confession of god's word
2: not the confession of god's word wow that's deep that is deep. I I love that. You know, Jesus, in Matthew four, he said, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God." Right? So your Bible proceeded out of God's mouth. So it was first in God's mouth and it was spoken. Then it was written, but it's written so you and I can speak it. Mm. You know, the Bible says, "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so." And David said in Psalms, he says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Uh, Hebrews 13 says, therefore, we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? Revelation 12, they, that's us, overcome him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Uh, So yeah, we confess that word and it comes on the inside of us. It builds faith. And then we make a confession of faith. But until we're in that spot, we're making confession unto faith. Mm. That is so good.
1: I think um, in my lifetime, I've believed if I could just believe it, then I can say it. Um, and you're like, backwards. No. Yes. Just say it, and, and you'll, you'll start com- to, to believe, believe it. Yes. Oh, that's it's good. Just, if I experience failure in my life, you know, there's an authority that God has given me, and I experience a failure in that area. Does that mean that I'm not walking in the authority of God?
2: Well, it means in that particular instance, we didn't use the authority that we had. But that doesn't mean that's where we're going to stay. I mean, obviously, you look at just about any great person in the Bible, and they had failures. Whether it's Abraham, whether it's David, uh, the only two people in the Bible that had a perfect record that we saw were Joseph. And Daniel, everybody else, they had a failure. Noah had failures, and uh, that just doesn't. That just means okay. The Bible says this way: the outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed every day. So every day God makes us new, and every day we get to start over. We blew it. We can start over. Right? We put something under the blood, and we just keep on moving forward.
1: So there's no expectation that once I renew my mind and God gives me this authority that I'm going to walk in
2: perfection. And a failure does not disqualify me. (laughs) Definitely does not disqualify you. Absolutely not. In fact, it's in Hebrews 4. It says the one thing you should fear is that you think you missed your chance. Mm. Some people think, well, I, I blew it. I did this. But you know what? God will pick you up right where you are. You look at Jonah. God speaks to him. Tells him, go to Nineveh, preach. He runs in the opposite direction. Finally gets swallowed up by a big fish. He prays. He turns back to God, gets spit up on the shore. And the next thing God says is, go to Nineveh
1: and preach. Still saying the same thing.
2: Still and staying the same thing. God's will hasn't changed. God didn't reject him because he missed out on something. And that's, that's a big thing. People think, well, I blew it. Yeah, but God loves you and the gifts and the callings of God they are without repentance, you come back to God and God's just going to pick you up right where you are.
1: You know, when we think of authority in the world that we live in now, the authority you have is all to be used to stop or start or initiate something for someone else. Mm -hmm. The authority that God has given us that you're talking about here, how much of that can I expect? to have over someone else, as opposed to the authority that I have over my perspective or the enemy?
2: Oh, that's a great question, and, it, and there, there are so many factors in that. When somebody comes to you and, and asks for help, it's very different than somebody who's not asking for help, hmm. right? Uh, of course, we have the example of Jesus that's come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. A man is there who has a son. Who has seizures. And he comes to Jesus and he said, Now, Jesus, you know, if you can do anything, help us. And Jesus said, If you can believe, then all things are possible to him that believes. So Jesus would not take all the responsibility, which so often people do. They just say, God, whatever you want. Mm. But that's that's not scriptural. Or they come to you and they say, you know, Al, pray for me. If you can do something, just do it. Well, if they can believe, now you can help them. You can put your faith together and agree, but somebody else comes to you. They're gonna to have to do some, they're gonna to have to have some expectation. They're gonna to have to have some faith, right? Now, what Jesus said for that man with his son, we call this relational authority, you have more authority in your wife's life than you do in my wife's life. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing, but, but you know what I'm saying, spiritual yes. authority. And the same thing with your family, with your children, because you're related, there, you have more authority in those cases than you do in just somebody who's coming in walking off the street. Right, but the 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 person who comes and just thinks, well, I'm just going to come and get whatever they've got, you know, Jesus said, hey, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. You've got to do some believing. Mm-hmm. Right, but you can have somebody agree with you, pray with you and receive. However, in those cases, you need to build your faith, because what you got through somebody else's faith, you're going to have to keep through your own. You know, Jesus said, like, when an evil spirit goes out of a man, it passes through dry places, and then it goes back. And very often, you you see someone who receives prayer, Mm -hmm. and then they, they receive something, and then they're like, well, but I, I don't know what happened, but it's gone. Yeah, I lost yeah. it. Yeah, You know, well, you just have to, when the enemy comes back, you've got to take your stand. Right? You've got to resist him. And that's why when someone's agreeing with you in prayer, it's important that you build your faith. And you know, when the enemy comes back, I'm going to resist the enemy. Mm-hmm.
1: I remember you saying many times, you can't have faith in what you don't know. Yes. So again, back to getting the Word in you, if you want the authority that's been given to you, you've got to know the Word because you can't initiate your faith in what the truth is Mm -hmm. if you're unaware of it. I mean, that's so good.
2: Yeah, absolutely true. And that faith, it comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, So often people just want you to pray for them, well, give me faith, but that's not how it comes. You know, it says in Peter, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And uh, the way we grow spiritually, the way our faith grows, it's through the word of God. Mm. So good.
1: One of the things you had said in your message is that Satan is the little G God of this world Mm -hmm. and that he's kind of in charge of what's happening. Yeah. So how do I protect myself when you're saying he goes around like a lion Looking Mm -hmm. who He can devour. How do I keep
2: myself from being available for food to Satan? Okay. (laughs) Well, first of all, the scripture we're referring to is the Bible says He is the God, small g, of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4. And then uh, 1 John 5.19 says, We know positively that we are of God, and the whole world around us is under the control of the wicked one. You know, so often God gets blamed for everything that happens. I mean, even a, a, a tree falls on a car, it's an act of God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is the Bible tells us that the devil is well and alive, and he is influencing the things that are happening in, in this world. And Ephesians 6 talks about how Satan and his demon power are influencing this world, and how our enemy is not flesh and blood, it's not a person, mm-hmm. but it's principalities and powers and the spiritual wickedness in high places. So it's Satan and demon power. So how do we protect ourselves? All right. Well, first of all, we have to wreck it. First, nobody's protected unless they're under the blood. In okay. other words, they need to become a Christian. Okay. Uh, literally, the Bible says in Colossians 1 that when you become a Christian, you are translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Mm. But somebody who's not a Christian, they are under the, the domain of Satan's kingdom. And there really is no protection for them, mm. right? But once you become a Christian, right, you're no longer in that kingdom. You've been translated out. Now, sickness, disease, depression, about every evil thing you can think of, those are things that are part of His kingdom right? So we need to realize I'm not part of that kingdom and those things don't belong in my life, All right? And then we need to begin to resist that. Let's just let's take it a sickness. We resist that sickness. Mm. We, in fact, to resist it, you speak to it. You know, a lot of people are like God, you know, take care of the devil. But the truth is God has already taken care of the devil on the cross. And Jesus said, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the devil. When Jesus arose again, he said, all authority is given unto me. Now you go. He's giving us that authority. And if we don't use that authority and we're waiting for God to use it, it's like God saying, look, I gave it to you. You use it. So we need to realize I'm not a part of Satan's kingdom. I'm a part of God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, we can say it like this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The things that are in heaven, those are the things that are in God's kingdom. That's the kingdom of God manifest in the earth. So the things that are not part of heaven, the things that kill, steal, and destroy, those are the things the enemy brings that we resist. Now, Jesus said, whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed and Mm -hmm. cast into the sea. So you need to speak to the enemy. And and it might be disease. Jesus spoke to sickness. Jesus spoke to trees. Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves. Uh, we need to speak to that situation, whether it's a sickness, whether it's a depression, whether it's poverty, whatever it is, you need to speak to it, mm. not to God about it, but speak to it. And Jesus said, if you'll say that with faith, He said, it will obey you. So the way we use our authority is with words. Mm. The way, well, Jesus cursed a fig tree Right? He didn't say, you blankety-blank-blank blank tree. He said, no one ever eat fruit of you again forever. right? So when He spoke negative words, that was a curse. In the Old Testament, God says, this is how you're going to bless the children of Israel. Say unto them, the Lord keep you, mm. the Lord bless you, the Lord be gracious to you, right, and give you His peace, His shalom. Health, prosperity, peace, nothing broken, nothing missing. The way they blessed was with words. all right. The way that Jesus cursed the tree was with words. The way you and I resist the enemy is with words. All right? And again, the Bible's so clear about res- submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. And Jesus said, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. He said, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Right? So, but we've got to use that We've got to speak to those situations, resist those situations, tell them, not in my life, not in my family, not in my body. No, you don't in Jesus' name, I resist you. I command you to go. And those are words that you've got to speak in faith. And the Bible says, you resist him, he will flee. Mm. And I love that, Praise flee means like he will run and start terror, <laughs> all right? So, but the most Christians, Unfortunately, they couldn't tell you the last time they resisted the devil. Yeah, right. And if you're not resisting, he's not fleeing. Right? Uh, I know I was brought up in church. Uh, I, I never heard anything like that. Never heard about how to resist the devil. But without our resisting, he's not going to flee. And uh, we kind of felt like all demons were someplace, you know, maybe in South America or in China or or someplace. But oh my goodness, the devil's nowhere near, you know, Michigan or wherever we're at. The right. devil's not anywhere yeah. around. Right? But that is not at all what the Bible teaches. The Bible says, "Be sober, be vigilant." Your adversary, you personally, your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion. And He's seeking whom He may devour. And He devours ignorant people. He don't, devours, don't know the Word. They don't know the Word. He devours people who cooperate with Him. Saying the wrong things. Don't Saying apply the, thing, the Word. Not applying the Word. And even, uh, how do I always say this, living in an ungodly fashion yeah. opens the door. Yes, um, It's in uh, Hosea 411. It, it says, says that uh, harlotry, wine, and new wine enslave the heart. Mm. You know, you can do things that open the door for the enemy and enslave your heart away from God, right? And it's just an open door for the enemy to come in. And of course, unforgiveness. Mm. The, Bible, the Bible tells us clearly uh, in Ephesians, it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. It says, don't give place to the devil. You know, and a, a, a heart that is holding unforgiveness and resentment oh, is an open door for the enemy. So said, said, well, what, that's me. What do I do? Forgive. As a decision, forgive that person, pray for that person, right? And then resist the enemy. You close the door and then you resist the enemy. But when we give him legal ground through cooperating with him, through unforgiveness, and of course, when we're ignorant. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The enemy will use our ignorance against us. You know, and there just is no such thing as ignorant faith. Mm-hmm. Can't have faith in something you don't That's know. Right.
1: Well, Pastor, you've given a lot of meat mm-hmm. to that message on the authority of God and the authority of the believer. And uh, I just want to thank you for spending a few minutes to share, uh, you know, from your experience and from what you've learned and really give us. Hey, if we're feeling like we're under attack, we, if we are saved, if we've got Jesus in our heart. If we've got the word and we've renewed our mind, we need to bring it to our mouth and let it speak. And And if we lack faith, the speaking of what the word says will build our faith and that authority will push back Satan. Thank you so much for
2: spending the time to unpack for me. Great to hang out again, Al. All right, God bless. See, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. You know, culture today tells us that good people go to heaven, but the Bible tells us something different. It's not good people who go to heaven. It's forgiven people who go to heaven. And that's forgiveness we need to receive. The Bible says to as many as receive him, Jesus, he gives the right to become the children of God. What Jesus said was this. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. In other words, all of my good things, good works could not make me right with God. And all of your good works could not make you right with God. There's just one way to be right with God, and that is through Jesus. And we need to receive that forgiveness. So Jesus said, you must be born again. You need to give him all of your heart and all of your life. He's not a thief to steal your heart, a manipulator to trick you. If you have not given him all of your heart and all your life, you still have it. And I want to pray with you today. If you're away from God, not right with God, you're that person who says, I want to be right with God. I want to be forgiven. I want to be a child of God. I want to go to heaven. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Would you make these words your own? Say this out loud. Say, oh, God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins, and I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer. My past is gone. I'm a part of your family today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, If you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer, you're right with God, you're forgiven. And I wrote a book to help you keep growing spiritually. I want to give it to you free of charge. Now, there's information on your screen. This book is going to help you keep growing, keep moving ahead in your walk with God. You can download the book. The information's on your screen. Or if you need a hard copy, contact us. We will get you a hard copy. Thank you for being with us. God bless you.
0: If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. In Romans 10:15, it says, "How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news!" By partnering with Walking By Faith, yours are the feet that bring the good news. We have three easy ways to give: one, text WBF Give to 1-888-364-Give; two, visit WalkingByFaith.tv/give; and three, you can click on the giving icon in our app. Thank you for being a blessing to others all around the world. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and on your favorite social platform by searching for WBF TV. Also, check out our app in your favorite app store. You can download past sermons, follow along with notes, speak confessions over your life, and so much more. If you have any questions that you'd like answered, please send them in. You can email us at info at or there's a question and answer section in the app where you can find answers to questions Pastor has already answered, as well as submit your questions right there. Have a wonderful week.